but God's got a word for you. Let's don't put the cart before the horse. Let's get the word and let's, let's go. And, and let me just say, I, I can't help but, but say this. Thank you. Uh, I think we just lost him. Mike's got a lot to do, but uh, Mike had a, such a good word for Church on the Hill. That was a good word. And let me tell you, you don't just stumble into Second Chronicles. That's a man that's in his word. Now, if he had read 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, that's a very well-known scripture about God healing our land. But this is a man who is digging, who is looking for God. And uh, bless him. Bless him and his family. Bless his leadership. Bless his team. Bless him, Lord. Thank you for that word. That was such a good word. All right, what's God greater than? Everything. He's greater But you know what he's greater than? He is greater than my expectation. Who's got a big expectation? I've got a huge expectation. I've got great expectations. And I think my expectations are so big they're not achievable. God says, whoa, 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 whoa. Your expectation isn't as great as not God's expectation, but what God's going to do. He can do. He is able to do. It's not that he's got these great ex- exceeding plans. It's what he's going to do in you. My voice kind of cracked. Can you tell? I'm excited. You know, we can have these expectations and these desires and these dreams, but this is not a dream. This is what God's going to do. Man, where are you, church on the hill? Somebody get excited. Now to him who is able to do. Everybody say, to do. Far more abundantly. abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. It's going to happen through us. God's going to do it in you. God's plan of doing exceedingly abundantly more than we could think or ask is going to be done through you. You're not just going to show up and it's just going to be in your mailbox. You're going to be a part of it. You're going to be a part of something so exceedingly great that you can't even think that great about it. That's what God wants to do. That's how great God is. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout generations forever and ever. Amen. What is your desires? What are you desiring? What are you hoping for? What are your expectations? God can do more. Everybody say amen. Amen. That's where you say amen. God can do more. More than anything in this world. More than your boss. More than the lottery. God can do more, but even more important, more than you could ever do on your own. More than you could ever think up. More than you could even ask for. I want you to know, I am a person that can ask for a lot. I don't know if you know this about me, but I will ask for anything. Because I'm okay with taking a no. 
But I have found so many times in my life, if I don't ask, I don't get it. And as long as I don't get offended and get bitter towards you for not doing it, the Lord's going to find a way for me. But I've got to ask. God is a God that wants you to ask. Uh, Weaver, to, uh, hey, where are you, Weaver? Wave oh, he's back in Children's Church. He graduated this, uh, yesterday too. Amen. But he sang the song, I called, you answered. I ask, he gives according to his riches. I've got to ask, what are my desires? He says I can, he can give me more than I can even ask for. But let's step back. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. This word abundant, good, that was a good hallelujah. That was the right time. <laughs> this abundant is the same word from Ephesians chapter 3, that he can do abundantly. So what does abundant mean? It means superabundance. Now, I'm going to give you definitions of abundant, but I believe God's abundance can't be defined. I don't believe we have a big enough word to be able to say what God's abundance is. So don't, don't um, box this word in because it's more. Superabundant, excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, more than sufficient. As we give our total self to God, I believe that that was the word that Tabitha had this morning, that we are to go deeper, that we are to give more, that we are to give what we have. As Justin was saying about giving, that we give what we have. What do you have? Okay, so that. I'm going to show you how God's a God of seed, time, and abundance. Tonight, today, out of his abundance. But as we give our total self to God, God gives his total self to us. This is the supreme message of the Bible. And Bible-based prosperity, the real possibility of health for your life, for your body, real possibility of health for your mind, for your emotions, for your relationships, for your material needs being met, that is God's provision. Not just money, but your health, your situations, your relationships, you, your complete being. God wants to meet your need. But above all, his prosperity brings eternal life. What greater gift could we ask for? What else is worth having? But Jesus said he came to give life. Not just an ordinary existence, but in fullness, abundance, prosperity. But on the other hand, that's Weaver. Whenever you hear them screaming like that, it's because Weaver's back there. Now, they do scream, but Weaver really gets them to scream. Yeah. Bless him. Bless them back there. All right. On the other hand, the enemy, Satan, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. So the line is clearly drawn. On one side is God with his goodness, life, and plenty of all that is necessary for life, but on the other side is the enemy of our souls who comes to rob us of what God's trying to give you. This blessing that the Lord is trying to give, I was meeting with someone this morning that so many times that God's trying to do something, but Satan was trying to come in between and take it. 
move you from the position of blessing to the position of not being blessed. That's Satan's goal, is to come and kill, steal, and destroy what you have. To oppress our bodies through disease and accidents, to destroy everything that we hold dear to our hearts. What's dear to your heart? Is Satan trying to destroy that? I'm telling you, the, the Lord's got a word for somebody today. But our first step toward experiencing biblical prosperity is to believe that it is God's highest desire for you. You prospering in God, in His kingdom, in His riches is His desire for you. That's His desire. That's what He wants. Um, last night we got to eat a, a meal last night, a, a graduation meal um, with Elizabeth's dad. And Elizabeth's dad has done so much to see that this, this happened. And I'm just going to say it. He has paid for her entire education this time. We couldn't have done it without him. And it was his desire. His desire was to bless his daughter. It was his desire. He, he desired to do it. It's not that she had to ask him and beg him and drag him through it and him fuss all the way through it. It was his idea. And it was his desire. It is Father God's desire to bless you and to care for you. It's his desire. I don't know that that can click in your minds this morning. It's his desire. And God's covenant toward us is abundant life. From the beginning of time, God desired for man to be happy. In the Garden of Eden, God made everything perfect for Adam. It was his desire to bless Adam. And everything that he created, he declared good. And everything he created, he gave to Adam. He gave Adam dominion over it all. God's plan from the beginning was for man to be enriched and to have a prosperous, abundant life. And here back in John 10, 10, Jesus declares his intention to recover and restore to man what was the Father's intent, an abundant life. And to break and block the devil's intent to hinder our receiving it. The funny thing is, so many times we don't even know what to ask for, but God does. We don't even know what's, what's good for us. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a lame man from birth was being carried in. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. Now, I want you to catch something from here. This man was born with this handicap. It's all he knows. It is his life. He hasn't come to the temple to ask for healing. He's come to the temple to ask for money. He can't work. He's lame. It's all he knows. And he's asking for money. What can help him get by in the moment to fill his immediate need, not his real need? Now in verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. I kind of like that. Peter's walking in, and this guy's asking for money, and he's like, man, look at me. 
do I look like I could give you any money? Do you not see that? That's what he's saying. What do I look like? Are my pockets full of money? Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have silver and gold for you, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. When you ask the right person, capital P, when you ask the right person at the right time, you are going to get what he has for you. He's not going to give you what he doesn't have. He's going to give you what he has for you. And, it, and, and when God gives you what he has, it's what you need right then. It's not what you don't need. How many of you don't need someone to give you something that you don't need? If you're in dire need, you don't need something else. That doesn't help. That doesn't help me. I believe the Lord is saying, lame person, you don't need money, and you don't even know what you need. But I know what you need, and I will freely give it to you. Verse 7. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood to his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Verse 9. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they all realized he was the lame beggar that they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. When you begin truly seeking, following, obeying the Lord and his word, you get all of him. All of me loves all of you. I'm not going to sing the rest of it. I'm not going to. We get all of him. We get all of him. We get all of him. I would bet that the lame lame man, after living his whole life lame, had accepted that. Not God. Not God. God provided for him exceedingly abundantly, supernaturally. What are you believing for? Turn your focus to the Lord, to his word, to his will, and he will meet your need far greater than you could even ask. But go ahead and ask. God likes to be asked. God likes to be asked. You know what's so neat about this lame man is They could have given him 10 bucks to go buy him a meal. But what God did was heal him so that he could work and provide for the rest of his life. There wasn't enough money that could have been given to him right there at that moment. But what God did give him was what he needed for the rest of his life. So, what about asking? 1 Kings chapter 3. I'm going to try to go quickly. The night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and and God said, What do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Solomon has just become king after his father David. So Solomon replied, You showed faithful love to your servant, my, to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued your faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on the throne. Verse 7. 
Now, O Lord my God, you've made me king instead of my father David, but I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous that they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? You know, I believe it's what uh, Mr. Mills said. How can a leader ever lead without a relationship with Christ? They can't. They can't. The Lord was pleased with Solomon that Solomon had asked for wisdom. But God replied, because you have asked for wisdom. Oh, I may have gone too far. No, I was behind, wasn't I? I still am? Oh. Because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or uh, the death of your enemies. What verse am I on? (laughs) Verse 12. I will give you what you ask for. I will give you wise and understanding heart just as no one else had 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 or ever will have. And I will also give, give you what you didn't ask for. Riches and fame. No other king in the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life, but that's not all. And if you follow and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you long life. Now, Solomon sought after God, asked God for what he needed, and it was good what he asked for. He wasn't asking for a billion dollars. He wasn't asking for a, a car or whatever. He asked for wisdom to lead his people in a godly way. God said, good answer. I'm going to give you what you've asked for, and I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you exceedingly abundantly more than you could think or ask. I am going to provide for you like no other king has ever been provided for. I want you to know for you, God wants to provide for you like he's never provided before. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves you. And if you will seek after him and follow him, that's not all the blessing you're going to get. You're going to get long life. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Exceeding, abundant. Exceeding, abundant. Exceeding, abundant provision. All right, my last one. I'm going to jump ahead. We're going to go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Now, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper and let your nets down to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let your nets down again. Let me stop. These guys had fished all night and had caught nothing. These guys are commercial fishermen. Just imagine you've gone to your job and there's no paycheck coming in. So what would that mean to your life, whether you're single or whether you're married? The next few steps are going to be pretty bad. Don't know how you're going to get food on the table. It's hurt you personally. You're walking away feeling like a failure. And here comes Jesus. And these are these fishermen cleaning up their boats. I'm sure they smelled. I'm sure they're dirty. Spraying off their boats. And Jesus says, you know what? 
I've got a group here that I need to preach to. But I can't reach them where I am. I'm a man just like you're a man. I can only yell so loud. But if I can get in your boat and be cast out further back, it'll be kind of like a stage. I can preach to a bigger crowd. Can I get on your boat? Now, can you imagine you've, you've worked all night. You're nasty. You want to go home. And Peter's saying here, we've worked all last night and didn't catch anything. You know, I might would let you if I caught something, but I didn't catch anything. But if you say so, I'll go. Verse 6. What is going on? Well, I've gotten ahead of myself. Jesus preached, gave the message. Let's just go back to verse 6. Forgive me, I don't know what's happening in my, my brain. Amen. Let's go back. I'm going to just, let's go back to four. All right, help me back there, guys. I need verse four. I'm going to put my phone up. When he had finished speaking, (laughs) verse four. (laughs) When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper. Mm. and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, we've worked hard last night and didn't catch anything, but if you say go, I'll let the nets down again. Next verse. Please, Lord, let it be the next verse. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. Next verse. A shout for help brought their partners in from the other boat as soon as both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Got to look. Do I keep going? Yeah, keep going. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. Verse 9, for he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught as, uh, as were the others with them. Now, Jesus, they had, they had fished all night. Jesus had asked for their boat to get in their boat to be cast out so that he could preach. After he preached and met that crowd and gave the word, gave the gospel to that crowd, Jesus came to Simon Peter and said, okay, let's go fishing again. Now, do any of y'all know really hardcore fisher, fish people? Fishermen? They, uh, they kind of know everything, don't they? You really can't tell them anything. They know where to fish. They know what to use. They know what lures to use. They know what's not working. They know when the dam's ramp been run. Uh, you know, they, they, they know everything. Well, these are commercial fishermen. And how are, how are uh, fishermen with their boats? They're kind of protective. They kind of like their boat. And here comes Jesus. Hey, can I borrow your boat? Now, I want you to see something that maybe you've never seen. Maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. Peter and his men sowed the most valuable resource that they had into Jesus' ministry. They didn't even know it. They didn't know they were sowing seed. But they were taking what they had and gave it to Jesus to use. Peter and his men met Jesus' need right there at that moment. Jesus could not speak to the crowd by himself. 
He is a man just like you and I are people, and he could only cover so much. But if he could use that resource, he could back up and cover more. And Peter, wore out, smelly, wants to go home, said, okay. Once they're done, Jesus says, okay, Peter, let's go fishing. And Peter said, but I fished fished all night. We didn't catch anything. Basically, he's saying, Jesus, you don't fish. I do. We didn't have a good night. It's not a good time to fish. Stick Stick to preaching, Jesus. Jesus says, even so, go out here and cast your net. Peter said, okay. Tosses the nets, brings in so much fish that the nets start to break. Now, let me say, the nets didn't break. The nets started to break. So much they couldn't get it into the boat. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it was probably an awkward thing for Peter to have to humble himself and ask for these other boats to come over and help. But it was either they're going to lose the fish or you'd better come help. So what happens? They come over and help. They get so much in the boats that the boats are on the verge of sinking. Now, the boats didn't sink. That would be kind of a bad joke if they got all the fish. God doesn't do that. God doesn't bless you and set you up for your fish to go back into the sea. Peter sowed his boat. What did God do? God met Peter's need. Peter needed fish. God provided more fish than Peter could have ever imagined catching. Do do you see it? God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. They needed fish. When you give something to God, your heart, your time, your money, whatever, God will give it back to you in a way even better. He multiplies it more than you could think or ask. But even better than that, He will be in it. He will be with you. So in closing, 2 Timothy chapter 3. All Scripture is God-breathed by is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God does not leave you hanging unequipped. He will equip you. He will prepare you. Our part is to follow. Follow Christ. When Christ says, can I borrow your boat? Take the boat. And God filled the boat. Our part is to follow. Read His Word. Connect with each other. Obey His Word. And let God be provider. Let God be greater. He desires to be greater in your life. He desires to be greater than your storm. He desires to be greater than fear, than darkness, than your circumstance. Greater than sin. Greater than an addiction. Greater than your need greater than your expectation. God desires to be greater in your life. Our job is just to follow. Would you follow Christ? Church on the Hill, would you follow Christ? Let's follow Christ with everything that we have. I want to pray two words over you. 
If y'all don't mind, just bow your heads. This is from Hebrews 13 and Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to have it up here. You can look at it. I don't care if you close your eyes. But I want to speak this over you. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all that you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who is able to do far more exceeding, far more abundant than we ask or think, according to the power that is at work with us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout the generations, forever and ever. Amen. Father God, today we just commit our hearts to following you. We want to know you as Jehovah Jireh. We want to know you as a God who is greater than anything we can face. And God, it is your desire for you to be known to us. You desire to show yourself as great. You are great. What are you believing for today, church? What are you believing for? Are you believing for a miracle in your health? Are you believing for a miracle in your finances? Are you believing for a miracle in your job? Are you believing for a miracle in your relationships, in your marriage? What are you believing for? I want to encourage you, get up out of your seat and let's ask God. You can, you can just write where you're sitting. You can stand up. You can come up here and let us pray with you. Those that are ministering, we just open this altar to a greater God for you to answer us, Lord. Lord, I believe that you can answer. I believe that you can answer our prayers. Those that are ministering, come on down here with me. Y'all stand up with me. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Step out of, this, of your pew and get down here. Let us pray with you. God is greater. Going deeper. Going out into the deep. Risk everything today, church, as we sing.